Hello, my friends. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. I am, first of all, going to thank you right off the bat for choosing this podcast today, choosing to listen to this episode. Um, I am so grateful for you guys. Um, I'm coming up on the two-year anniversary of the podcast uh, at the end of January, and my goal was I was going to try for 100,000 downloads by the end of the month, and, you know, I didn't think we were going to make it, but we we just might. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm at 87,000 right now. And so, all right, we can do this. I am going to push full steam ahead to get this podcast into as many mom's ears as possible. And it's because of your stories. It's because of your experiences. I have my own. Yes, of course. But it's the way that you guys show up, whether you reach out to me on Instagram and the DMs, um, or if you're in Mothers Together and I talk to you there, or you've been on the podcast and I talk to you here, you all have stories too. And it turns out that other moms really want to hear them, right? And if you've clicked on this episode and you're listening to this right now, it means you want to hear another mom's story too. It's this community sense that changes everything. And and I've been saying that from the beginning. And the podcast is one piece of that community puzzle. Um, and so I'm, I'm so glad that you're, you're listening. But I also want to invite you to do something that I've never asked for before. And that is to share a story for a mini episode of the podcast. So let me explain. Every Monday, as you guys know, I bring on a mom, we have a back and forth conversation, uh, you know, a really nice chat, and we talk all about what it's like to raise neurodivergent kids in general. You know, we talk about their lives. I've also started bringing some dads on on Fridays. And by the way, I, I, I only had a few dads volunteer, but if I have more dads, I am so happy to keep that series going because it did really well and was really popular. Um, and then those in-between Monday and Friday episodes, I really was thinking that I would be able to basically get on this microphone every day and, and talk about whatever's on my mind. And as much as I would love to do that, there are literally not enough hours in the day and I can't, at least not yet, not, not in this current season of business and life. But at the same time, I feel like a once a week episode with a mom isn't enough because I think it would be really helpful if you got to hear on a regular basis an anecdote from another mom raising a neurodivergent kid. And so I'm inviting all of you, every single one of you listening right now, if you are interested, to submit to me an anonymous anecdote about a moment in your life raising a neurodivergent kid. And and my parameters here are pretty pretty loose. Um, I'm only looking for it to be related to raising a neurodivergent kid, but that's pretty much it. Um, you know, it can be a positive story. It can be a struggle. It can be both. Um, the idea is that the listeners, you guys, go, oh my gosh, I, I have had that same experience before. Oh, we went through the same thing. Wow. It's good to know that I'm not the only one who had a child react that way in that situation, right? It's all about validation, validation, validation. And this would be different from the Monday episodes. So this would be short. I'm talking 10-ish minutes, give or take, you know, five, three to five minutes in either direction. But it would be a short episode, a quick bite. 
And it would be a specific story that you're telling. So when I say the word story, I really mean moment in time, anecdote. For example, my very first episode of this podcast, which many of you have heard, is called my rock bottom parenting moment. And I'm talking about the waffle story with Mr. Nine, who was three at the time. But I've also told the story uh, with the egg pan. And a lot of you listened to that one. I I don't, I want to say that was like episode four or five, maybe. That was a specific moment in time about this egg pan. That's what I'm looking for here, where you are telling the story, just like if you had a friend that you were picking up the phone or FaceTiming or texting or whatever, and you were like, I have to tell you what happened to us today. That's the story I want to hear. So again, it's going to be kept short, 10 minutes-ish, Um, certainly no more than 20, but really aim for closer to 10. It's completely anonymous. I'm not going to put your name in the title of these episodes. I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to say your name or your kids' names or anything like that. Although if you don't care, that's totally fine too. And you would just record yourself. I'm not even going to be in this conversation. Um, the best way to go about this would just to be a, using a voice recording app on your phone. Um, there are plenty to choose from. Um, and once you record yourself, you can, it it will allow you to share that file and you're going to share it right to my email. My email is on the hard days at gmail.com. I'll put it in the the show notes of this episode as well. Um, you're just going to email me the file directly and I'm going to take that file and obviously I'll give it a quick listen just to see, you know, if, um, if you need to take a second to um, comfort a, a screaming child, not to worry, I will edit that part out. You know, I'll do some basic editing, but then I'm just going to upload it. And I would love to do this on a daily basis. Now, it all depends on how many, um, you know, how many people do it. But the fact of the matter is, is we all have stories. And actually reminds me of teaching. It reminds me, you know, when I'm teaching fifth graders writing and this is part of our fifth grade curriculum with writing is to talk about like a moment in time. And so many kids struggle with this and I hand them that paper. And of course it's like, I don't know what to write about. I don't have any stories. And, and I say on the flip side, all you have are stories. Every single moment in your life is a story. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing right this very second is technically actually a story. If you're driving to work and you're in a rush, that's a story. If you are walking your dog right now um, with a poop bag in one hand and a coffee in the other and a leash around your wrist, that's a story, right? We all have a million stories. The question is, what stories do you have that you think other moms of neurodivergent kids would find comfort in in hearing? So if you want to submit more than one story, by all means. I would just do them as separate files. That's all. I would just request that um, because they will be different podcast episodes. And because it's anonymous, unlike the Monday episodes where I'm saying the mom's name, these are anonymous. I'm just going to upload it, you know, on Tuesday, we're going to have this episode talking about this trip to the library. And on on Thursday, I'm uploading uh, an episode where someone's telling a a story about uh, parent-teacher conferences, whatever it is. Or um, this morning, trying to get ready for school. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. But when you tell a story, 
just as I tell my fifth graders when you're writing. When you're telling a story, it needs to have something that will appeal to the reader or the listener. You know, what's the message of this story? What are you trying to convey? That this is hard, this journey we're on? Yeah. So feel free to convey that. This is hard. Or we can triumph. Small wins are big wins. Absolutely. Whatever. But you're telling a specific story about a moment in time when something happened with your neurodivergent kid. Um, and, and that's what I'm hoping to get out of this. Because I think it would be nice, especially if they're only 10 minutes long, for moms to just grab these little quick stories and, and listen to them um, on a daily basis. And it's like, okay, all right, this mom's been through that moment too. I can do this. I can put one foot in front of the other. I can do this. So that's the goal. So I'm inviting you always, I'm going to put this out and, you know, it'll be uh, an intro into my podcast for for a little while, Um, but the offer will always stand. Record yourself uh, on a voice recording app, take the file and send it to me via email at ontheharddays at gmail.com. And I will do a quick edit if need be, and then upload it. Don't worry about mistakes. This is not, uh, no perfectionism here. Um, There are no such thing as mistakes. Like if you were talking to a friend, you wouldn't be like, you know what, let me tell the whole story all over again because I said um too many times. No, you're good. Just tell the story. What's on your heart about a specific moment in time? Any questions, you know how to reach me, um, DM me on Instagram at on the hard days with dots in between each word, um, or email me. Um, but I am ready for these submissions. So you don't even need to check in with me unless you want to. You can go ahead today, today, right now. If you have 10 minutes, find a voice recording app. Uh, iPhones just have one built in if you swipe down from the top right corner. Um, but you can also download an app and just, just tell a story. It can be from when your kid was two or five or 10 or 15 or whatever. doesn't matter. Tell the story. Keep it anonymous. Send it my way. I'm going to be putting out these episode shorts as soon as the entries come in. As always, my friends, thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful for you. And now on to the episode. Uh, I'm a mom of three kids. Uh, My oldest is on the spectrum, my six-year-old son. Um, and I have two younger daughters who are four and one um, who both have an autoimmune encephalitis. Um, so um, my my middle daughter um, was diagnosed with pandas uh, after she had an acute strep episode. Um, when she was two, she's doing really well now. Um, and my youngest was thrown into a first pans flare um, from COVID just this year. She's almost two. Um Anyhow, and uh, even with these other things going on, my son's autism diagnosis um, pretty much defines our entire life as a family. Um, I grew up with a brother with autism who passed away in my early 20s, and my greater family history um, is positive for autism and related disorders, which sometimes presents in like a kind of fun cocktail party way. Uh, You know, I have an uncle who is a doctor who speaks several languages, who's a great opera singer, but just kind of socially weird. Um, To my brother who really struggled to carry on any kind of um, normal, meaningful speech, even into his teens. 
Um, anyhow, I wanted to talk about how even in spaces that are sometimes made for children, um, like a playground or like a birthday party, um, sometimes raising and managing our neurodiverse kid in public spaces um, takes all of our effort. And it's so challenging. It can feel so challenging for us as parents um, who are trying to give him like a happy and full childhood experience and challenging for him who doesn't understand why his social overtures are not accepted by other people or doesn't always get the social rules of the road. Um, a recent experience we had that is coming to mind, um, my son's classmates from last year. So last year he had been at an inclusion style preschool. Um, so he had autism, but his classmates did not. Um, and the whole class kind of at the end of the year was getting together to reflect on the the past year at a local playground on a weekend. So it was kind of like a meetup for parents and for the kids. And this park, which is by our home, um, where we live in Washington, D.C., also has some community tennis courts or whatever. Um, and, you know, so my, my husband and I are there with our three kids um, trying to socialize with the parents, trying to manage our son, like keeping tabs on the girls and, you know, just doing that special needs dance where like you're somehow supposed to be having fun while you're doing all of this other stuff. Um, and for parents of neurotypical kids, I've, you know, I feel like they just get to like stand in a circle and their kids just all go play with each other on the playground and like nobody gets into trouble. Um, whereas in my family, it just seems like a constant exercise in management the entire time we're there at the playground. Um, anyhow, but on this particular day, um, my son who was having fun playing on the playground. He was actually doing like a pretty good job. Um, uh, someone had like kicked a ball or something and then he was chasing after it and the ball had rolled like onto kind of through this opening somehow onto these community tennis courts where there were two older men um, playing tennis, probably like guys in there. I don't know, mid fifties um, taking the tennis, like <laughs> taking this community tennis very seriously and their tennis whites. Okay. <laughs> at the local playground. Anyhow. So my son oblivious to what they're doing, you know, interrupts their match and he, he runs across the thing to get his ball. And uh, one of the men turns to my husband, who is like the most calm guy ever. My my husband is um, the go with the flow dude. I am the type A organization freak. Um, and really, there's so little that upsets my husband, even during this uh, challenging journey that we're on. But anyhow, so my son runs, tries to go grab the ball, and... Um, one of these guys turns to my husband, these dudes playing tennis, and says, hey, I can hit real hard, okay? Why don't you get him out of here? Like, he's gonna, you know, Serena Williams uh, tennis ball at my autistic six-year-old, then five-year-old, um, <laughs> if he doesn't get off the court right now for this professional tennis match, okay? And, um, like, I know this seems like such a dumb instance, but it, uh, 
the casual cruelty of strangers sometimes. Like, let's just say even my kid didn't have autism, that he was just a child being a child on a playground. Um, but especially the fact he's like a kid with a disability, um, you know, it's it can feel so demoralizing as a parent. Um, it sucks. I feel like we can never really let our kid be even when he's just like being a kid. Um, and you know, my husband turned to the guy and was like, he has autism. Yeah. The guy sort of, no, just get, get him out of here. You know? Um, like, he's like, seems like your problem, not my problem. Um, you know, and, and my husband, and I smarted about the incident the whole way home, um, in the car. Um, and that kind of thing, you know, it feels like it's so dumb. It's this stranger who doesn't even know us. But kind of the same way as like getting slapped or something just like equally just shocking like that. It's like the sting of those um, biting and insensitive social comments can really linger and really, I find, um, depletes your reserves because sometimes like we are trying our best. Like we're there on the playground, you know, making sure that my kid who doesn't understand all the social rules doesn't interrupt your kid's game. Like I, uh, this here, someone calling for me upstairs. Um, I still remember, I still remember, um, this one incident at the playground. This is way earlier. Um, my son was diagnosed with autism the summer after he turned two. Um, so he had been, he's in this bucket of kids who had been developing typically, um, and then suffered a social and language regression where he lost the majority of his vocabulary. Um, and a lot of social skills, he started engaging in a lot of, um, restricted repetitive movements, like sensory stereotypies. Anyhow, and, uh, those were some of the emotionally darkest days, um, right after my son's diagnosis. Um, because as I mentioned, my own brother, um, had autism and died of, um, SUDEP when he was 17. And so my son being diagnosed with ASD while I, you know, grew up knowing that that was a possibility, um, facing it made me really afraid of losing my son, that I would lose, that my son would grow up, that he would, um, die of a seizure. And, um, that fear was very real to me and very visceral and scary, um, after my son's diagnosis. Anyhow, but I remember one time right after his diagnosis where I was at the playground with him and he went up to these two little girls who were pretending to, um, play like ice cream shop. Uh, you know, there was some like play structure that had doors on it or like a little window. So they were like doing ice cream shop at the window. And I remember the two of them, you know, my son, I was so proud of him, like walked up to these two girls and he was like, hi, like, can I play? Um, and they closed the little shutters and they were like, um, the ice cream shop is closed. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, this is a social overture. You guys like, please like just play with my kid. Like he's, he's using all the tools available to him. Um, I remember thinking to myself, better open this ice cream shop. Otherwise you guys are going to have to contend with mama. Right. Anyhow. So just to say, uh, sometimes even in spaces that are supposed to be child friendly, like the playground, 
Um, it can feel really hard and draining for both the parents and the neurodiverse kids who are like just using all their skills available to make sure that the neurodiverse kid is like not offensive to others or like is playing in a way that works for others. Like even when they are following the social convention, um, thanks for listening to our story. Thanks for listening today. If you would like to talk with me personally, where we can chat and just get to know each other like old friends, I would love to do a discovery call with you. Go to my website, ontheharddays.com, and click on Schedule a Call. And if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, please do so so that you get the latest when they roll out. Not to mention, please leave a review if you feel like this episode spoke to you. That way, the podcast will be shown to more mothers. And finally, you can find me on Instagram at On the Hard Days with dots in between each word, or in my free Facebook community, On the Hard Days Podcast and Community. If you are feeling isolated in your parenting journey, I encourage you to reach out through any of these means so that I can connect you with your people and support you in whatever way you need.